Good morning. It's October 12th, and welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion of the book of the same name. Today's title is Self-Conceit, and the music you're listening to are selections by George Fenton. Self-Conceit. There is no fault which makes a man more unpopular and no fault which we are more unconscious of in ourselves. And the more we have it ourselves, the more we dislike it in others. C.S. Lewis One of my anesthesiologist friends and I were talking in the surgeon's lounge a few days ago. He was aghast at one of the younger OB-GYNs, who, when asked by the circulating nurse to place a Foley catheter in the bladder, responded that she couldn't help because she didn't know how. This may mean nothing to the layperson but would be analogous to an astronaut who had trained for 10 years for a shuttle mission in all its technical complexity and intricate aerodynamics, telling the Capcom in Houston that everything was go on the launch pad, but they couldn't lift off because he wasn't quite sure where the on switch was. Now, the interesting part of this is that the physician in question took umbrage at the anesthesiologist's incredulity. She began reciting her vaunted education at East Coast schools, her scores on her boards, etc., etc., I had the same experience 40 years ago at UCSF. I happened to go to a medical school that provided extensive hands-on experience to medical students. We performed spinal taps, thoracentesis, put in all manner of central lines, chest tubes, intubated patients, performed bone marrow biopsies, you name it, when I was at Baylor. But we weren't in the Ivy League. Many a time at 2 a.m. in the ER, I would witness an intern telling us essentially how smart he or she was, but then they couldn't draw blood successfully. The same happened with UCSF medical students, as those in the Ivy League. UCSF was an extremely competitive medical school, and undoubtedly everyone there was indeed exceptionally smart. But one night at midnight, attending an eclamptic in DIC, meaning seizing and bleeding out, as the third year OB-GYN resident, I asked a senior medical student to run down to radiology and get the patient's chest film. We were, quite frankly, knee-deep in alligators at that point, with several emergencies ongoing. He looked me straight in the eye, refused the request, crossed his arms, and leaned against the wall. I'm not sure I see how that will contribute to my education. Needless to say, we found a way to contribute by altering his future career path. But a smug attitude, self-conceit on display, is possibly the most off-putting characteristic a person can exhibit. Christians are to take on the mindset of Christ which, as we are told specifically in Philippians 2, 2 through 2-4 by Paul, and many times by Christ himself, Matthew 20, 28, is humility, the exact opposite of pride or self-conceit. People think of sexual immorality, drunkenness, greed, anger, lying, cheating, stealing, and the like as the essential vices, and yet the Bible teaches us that pride is worse than all of these bound up together. In fact, when you think about it, self-conceit is exactly what leads to all the other vices. Once you start to think of yourself as better than others, and in fact so much better that the rules of civil behavior don't apply to you, then you are in a position to commit every sin imaginable and feel it is simply your right to do so. The startling realization is that we are all guilty of self-conceit from time to time. This is especially common in those who are either highly educated, trained, or just rich, no matter how they came to be that way. When your socioeconomic station in life is elevated far above the common man, you can start to think of yourself as somehow better than the rabble. Christ was by nature very God and very man, and yet he comported with sinners and lowlifes of every type. 
He constantly taught his disciples that the way to please God was in serving others, as he did, not in following a set of rules. The first shall be last, and the last first. The next time someone is telling a story, and it occurs to you that a similar thing has happened with an even more remarkable outcome to yourself, keep it to yourself. One-upmanship is the most visible form of self-conceit. I know, because I've been guilty of it myself. It's cliché. I know, but... WWJD, what would Jesus do? Father God, looking at ourselves is perhaps the hardest thing to do for all of us. Let your Holy Spirit within us tweak us whenever we start to behave in a way that puts our own interests ahead of the interests of others. For this is the pattern of self-conceit. Allow us to be repulsed by our own behavior when we start to toot our own horn in the common vernacular and remind us that we are to take on the mind of Christ who sought nothing more than a way to serve. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.